Holy cow. So I. All in one week? <laughs> so I wanted to talk to you about like how how people can watch like 80 hours in a week. So wait, am I looking at an air table? You're looking at an air table, my friend. You're looking at the first what? Pang- Pangolin RC air table, right? So our persona discoveries over there. That's what we're getting the survey on. In a world where you only have trailers and posters to judge a movie, Jim and Ted strike out to answer the age-old question, will you see it? Ted, will it? It is episode 196, and uh, you have a crazy ass, Ted. (laughs) What? I I don't know. Your ass is crazy. I have a crazy ass? Yeah. (laughs) Like, what do you mean? All right, we'll get to your ass later. Okay, okay. All right, before we get to the week and your <laughs> ass, let's talk about uh, beer. What beer do you have tonight? I have, well, I mean, it's a signature series. It's from Brewery X. Brewery X is here in uh, Anaheim, California. So, so Brewery X, is that like SpaceX or something? Or uh, I wish, but no, it's just like a... It's just a funky, funky can, double hazy IPA. Double hazy. Double hazy IPA, uh, 8.3 ABV. So very close to that beer you had earlier. Okay, 8.3. Yeah, we had a 8.4 earlier. We had a caramelite triple and uh, yeah, 8.4. So, but that's not what I'm having tonight. Right. That was early and that was shared. Yeah, that was shared with, with the wifey, so... Yeah, I have a, uh, I mean, you called it, man. I was shocked. <laughs> Samuel Smith, Old Brewery, Tadcaster, uh, the famous Taddy Porter. Yeah, you were you were familiar with it. It's a very, very distinct dark bottle with the gold foil. 5%. It's, it's not high. Right. But I got it uh, when we were in Ojai, California at that mountain bike race or gravel oh, cool. race, whatever yeah. the heck it was. And I got a bunch of beers then, bought a bunch of big bottles and such. So I thought this was uh-huh. one that I don't get a lot of these sort of British porters. And I thought, why not? What the hell? Is that a porter glass that you're pouring into? Yeah, this is a dogfish head uh, IPA. Well, maybe not IPA, but just a dogfish head glass. But you're right, though. I said that it was the perfect glass for the perfect beer earlier tonight because we had the Carmelite Triple in a Carmelite Triple. Yes. Whenever you can have the actual beer in the actual glass, it just makes it taste that much better. That much better. And then and then on top of that, if somebody gives it to you for free, then that's like another 20% better as well. Well, 20% not in alcohol, but 20% in value. <laughs> Twenty <laughs> percent. giving me it free beer. Feels, uh, you know, we'll, we'll give free beers. Yeah, here and there. Yeah. All right. Uh, hey, I'm all about free beer. Hey, anybody wants to send us beer to <laughs> put on the show, like we will gladly support you and uh, talk about your beer. Definitely. So, how is your beer? Oh, my beer is good. It's really. It's uh, my my fridge. I think something's wrong with my fridge. I think it's just a little too cold. So, is it like biting down on the flavor a little bit? I think so. I think I think uh, as per usual, by the end of the podcast, it will be better. As per usual, <laughs> yeah. I keep my beer fridge at forty-seven degrees. And what's a typical refrigerator? I don't know. What does this say? Did thirty, thirty-six, or something? Oh, thirty-eight or something. Thirty-six, thirty-eight. Yeah. Yeah, thirty-eight. No, I I, I keep my beers at about forty-seven, and uh, the bottom because well, it's a it's a. Uh, freezer that I have, I, I have a, uh, 
thermostat on it mm -hmm. and I keep it at 47, but I think the bottom tends to be about 45 and the top tends to be about 48 because it's a, right. a, a keyser. It's a chest. Yeah, it's a chest, right? Yeah, it's a chest, but it's a keyser. So it's like a, a keg freezer. Uh -huh. So I have my kegs in there. I have, you know, I have three kegs in there for my homebrew. And then you put then you put the beers around it. And then I put the beers around. There's like a little shelf in there and stuff that I put a lot of beer on the side. Okay. But there's three kegs, like I said, on the side tends to have like all these sorts of beers I get. Right. The one offs. Yeah. And then, you know, every once in a while I get a 12 pack of like Fig Mountain. Yeah. Sampler pack, whatever, <laughs> with like some lizard mouth and such. But but yeah. So how was your week this week? My week was good. Um, I can't even think like I'm I'm just I'm, I'm gearing up for my my uh, FSD beta any any day now, I think um, middle of next month. So what what day is it? It's like uh, we're recording this on the twentieth, I believe. Ted Talk with Ted Willett. <laughs> so I think either early or mid June. You're working it, man. You're working it. Yeah. What do you mean? No, I mean you're working it. You're trying to get this FSD beta. I know. I know. A lot of people probably couldn't care less, and here <laughs> you are. You're like, no, I gotta get it. I gotta get it. <laughs> but I, I don't want to have to think about going to to, to my office. <laughs> I'm just going to hit go and like watch She-Hulk. Well, <laughs> I wish I wish we were we are at that point yet and I and I do so yes, okay, eventually I do want to be there. But to me right now, this is the exciting time where we as consumers you want to get into a windowless pod, not windowless. But driver, driverless, like a complete driverless. Vehicle. No, I know. But the best way to do it is windowless. That's how you know you fully trust it. <laughs> well, if you look at the Zooks, the Z-O-O-X. I don't even know what that is. So the Zooks is a pod. Zoinks! <laughs> it's, a, it's a pod. It's a pod. It's just a four-seat little car, but it's it's and it has no driver and everybody faces the center. And uh, they're a startup wow. that, that, uh, that's working on a fully autonomous. So the person in the back who's facing the front is the first person to freak out. <laughs> Maybe. Because the guy in the front facing the rear, he's like, what? what what's that look for? <laughs> why, do you why are your eyes so big? <laughs> right before they crash into a fiery ball of whatever explosion they show it driving around san francisco and it's got it's got a lot more sensors on it i'm sure it's got the whole waymo you know lidar all over it i guess um but it's it's pretty amazing uh but the thing about the tesla and the tesla fsd full self-driving is that we're in the early stages of the very first of the autonomous vehicles like the autonomous vehicles that are learning how to the ai within the tesla system is learning how to drive by compiling the videos of all the other fsd betas that are on the road what he has said like about a hundred thousand of them on the road in the past six months or however many months maybe eight months um, and they've been compiling video data and then feeding that back into the ai and the ai is like learning from this so it has like a four page update you know like how when you get your when you update your app it tells you what's new in this app so they have four pages of stuff and it says like 140,000 videos were added to deal with the vector shape of you know the open blind left hand turn <laughs> you know what i mean so so there's all these things that they're piling into the into the software into the ai and then on top of that they're Elon's talking about expanding to 95 percenters and trying to get to a million 
FSD beta drivers in the road. So this is the beginning of like, this is the true exponential growth in this AI learning. So it's just amazing to be even just on a little bit part of it, you know, just to be right there. And tonight we were driving home, you know, Audrey wanted to return something at the mall. So that's why we're a little late tonight. Um, so we went to the mall and on the way back from the mall, you can have it self-drive on the, on the side streets and it'll just stay in its lane. But as you're trying to keep a hundred, hundred point score, if you let it self-drive on the side, on the side streets, on the regular streets, it's not going to ding you, you know, like it'll slow down. It'll do its own thing. But a guy was just like, you know, you know, in the valley, so it's just crazy people walking across the street, you know? Yeah, sure. And there's a guy who was like, I didn't see him initially. And he was walking into the car like and I and I grabbed the wheel because, you know, you're supposed to be in control. And then I waited and I assessed the situation and the car slowed down. It moved over a little bit. Come on, man. You're screwing my FSD. <laughs> but I'm saying it, it did what it supposed to, was supposed to do. But I was completely aware. And this is the thing. Sadly, people are dying because they are pretending like this is that full self-driving and it's not it's it's a beta it's learning it's 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 hitting things you're saying drivers of teslas are pretending it's full self-driving so a very very small they don't take over and they just let the car do its thing until it like kills somebody right yeah yeah and i think i think uh last week it, it did it took out like a family that was in a car and i'm just like you know every every morning i'm in there and we're doing it on the on the 101 and it's just like i'm so aware <laughs> you know what i mean like i'm hyper aware i have my children in the car every day you know and then the four of us on the weekend you know even though like the family white knuckles and my kids are pretty used to it now they're they're over it but Anne still white knuckles she still does the thing where you brace yourself in the window in the yeah i got you i got you yeah i know exactly what i do that with clarissa drives <laughs> And I'm just like, it's not, it's, it's, you know, I can feel it slowing down. You can't feel it slowing down. So, yeah. So I've, I've taken to just spinning the wheel, you know, like you can, it, it like it, it sits at 65 for the most part, but if you're coming up on traffic, you know, it won't slow down until it has to. And that's, it feels a little late to like the passenger. So if you spin the, the, the speedometer, if you spin the top speed down, spin it quickly down to 45, it'll decelerate faster than it wanted to for the for the traffic. Well, let me ask though. So when you think about what Tesla's doing and you look at, you know, the federal government and, and, you know, robotics and everything, I mean, are they partnering with DARPA or are they doing anything with them for, you know, AI and all this stuff or are, or is Tesla strictly like its own entity? Are they trying to like advance the world of AI and navigation and such, or are they like holding it close to the vest and not sharing any information? So as far as the driving AI software, it is, it is their property. It is Tesla's property. And it is, I think it is the first piece, you know, I think, <laughs> I think Elon was, was at the very beginning of Tesla from all the stuff that I've heard, Elon was kind of shocked that a lot of the parts that traditional auto manufacturers used were like shared parts and shared, you know, engines. <laughs> and, uh, 
and all the parts, all, all the development and all the advancement came from parts distributors and parts manufacturers. So the true assembly of a car was just this amalgam of different auto parts manufacturers, you know, and put a little different body style on it, put little bells and whistles on it. But like the Volvo and the BMW and <laughs> this other car, they all had the same engine, you know, oh, Fiat, I think it was, yeah, the, I, I forget, the Peugeot and Volvo had the same engine and like all these cars have like very similar engines and and different parts and i thought he he was kind of you know when he started building these battery packs and electric cars everyone's like oh you could just sell battery packs and powertrains to all the auto manufacturers and they could just use that but i think the ai the the intelligence once it reaches a certain you know mass level i think that's going to be the first piece he sells that he'll license to other cars yeah and when you think about the ai the navigation and then you look at google google maps and all this it's all built on the back of the federal government who's giving away all the gps for free right so in some regard it's like the the federal government you know taxpayer government of the united states i mean even like the russian military gets to use gps because of that right if you think about it huh. yeah yeah and so they're taking all of this gps data they're taking all this gps information which nothing we have would ever work i mean our iphones or none of this stuff right. would work without a global positioning system so he's taken all this stuff and he's building a backbone of a company and all this say as is google right and then when the government comes back and says hey we should partner i'm not saying they're doing this but like we should partner and uh, do darpa stuff and like grow this through both public and private partnership it seems like companies like whether it's Google or Tesla, whatever, are just kind of like, no, screw you, man. We're taking our own <laughs> stuff. This is our own property. And it's kind of like, well, yeah, but you wouldn't have this if it wasn't for the taxpayer and our GPS that we put up. You know what I mean? I agree. I agree with you on that. But I but I always see it as I think and I think that's why I like at least two of his prongs. You know, this the SpaceX thing feels like it's a it is a patriotic American <laughs> triumph, you know what I mean? And he's putting any he, right. Well, he's putting people back in space. He's putting people back in space. He's not putting them on Soyuz, Soyuz, Soyuz. Well, exactly. Rockets. Not from uh, <laughs> not Siberia. From cosmonauts, you know, you know. Sort of. So Siberian launch pads. And and he's made it a renewable, more reusable than even the shuttle program. The shuttle program was reusable, and it had the iconic shuttle. But to re to put the shuttle up every time was as expensive as building a new shuttle every time because of you know yeah, the solid it was rockets and all right, the, right. all the tiles that had to be just perfect you know um, so his his rockets that land in the ocean on platforms are some are huge massive technological achievements. And not just the ocean. I mean, Everywhere. about eight yeah. miles from here is the crow flies. We hear the sonic booms when those things come landing down. <laughs> and we see them. We can see them land in naked eye. I mean, yeah. it's like pretty. It's it's it, it's awesome, man. I love it. But to, but to your point, I believe that early on, the federal government made a choice and they said that they weren't going to hold patents. I'm, I'm, correct, me, correct me if you know different. But is my understanding that the I don't know difference, so you could say whatever you want to say. <laughs> the federal government said they weren't going to hold patents, and that has shot 
them they've shot themselves in the foot by doing that because well no let me let me and i'm not saying i'm correcting you but let me just say it this way even if you look at the saturn 5 for example you know in the 60s in the apollo program it's not that the federal government or nasa or any of that was going to hold patents but you had companies we've we've always you know as a government i guess you know the 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 u.s government has always contracted right with Boeing, Lockheed, Hughes, yeah. you know, Martin Marietta, Hughes, yeah. and, and then it became Lockheed Martin, et cetera, et cetera. But they've always contracted with these companies who have had patents. I mean, my father-in-law has patents right. from a lot of his research and stuff that he's done. And, I, you know, I think the main thing that comes from that is you're right. The federal government doesn't hold patents but all of the military industrial complex that they contract with holds all the patents. Right. And I think, and I think that, and that's the problem. They, when you contract with someone, you know, when two companies contract with each other, they, they can share a patent, you know what I mean? Like, but the federal government has, has made it so that they don't share in a pat in a patent, which means then that they don't share in the licensing of that patent or the, you know, the, the, the rewards that come from that patent, which then, you know, then they rely on the taxes and a different, you know, the taxes and all that money coming in. So it's almost like, you know, when something is, you know, it's, it's like the post office, the post office, if left to itself would be self-sufficient, but it's, it's a, you know, at, at, at its height, it was a cash cow and it was then taken and utilized across the whole federal government to kind of right. become the the funding for everything else. And it was basically just like, yeah, they robbed, know, off. robbed they it. siphoned off all the money. <laughs> so now now that it's in its time when it's no longer profitable and they're like, oh, well, now, of course, it's not going to work. But, you know, they've been robbing it for decades. Yeah. You know, yeah. so I don't know. I, I think there's a lot there's a lot of efficiencies that, you know, the federal government can can utilize. And I think the cha- change some of the laws, like make it so that they can hold a patent. You know, or something. I don't know. Or do FSD. (laughs) Anyway, all to say, when I get the FSD, I can't wait. And yes, I will let it drive and I will hope for zero interventions, but I will be uh, highly attuned to the road and to to what's going on. Wonderful. And I hope you make it to my house alive. (laughs) How about you? How's your week? That was long on my week. Oh, man. Well, my week's not (laughs) quite as technical or governmental or (laughs) whatever i mean but i uh am a newly ordained minister oh yes you can you can uh officiate yeah i am a dudist priest (laughs) yeah of the church of the latter-day dude (laughs) so i uh (laughs) i wound up uh you know what? I've heard about this a long time ago, and I'm gonna do it. So I went on to become a Dudist priest. You know, and I, I I have my little packet coming. You don't have to have a packet. I just I figured Bought you it. get the whole the whole spiel, the ID card, the stickers, the little ordained uh certificate all this stuff for like 35 <laughs> bucks. I was like worth it. $35? Dude, that's like free. <laughs> so I'm going to put a little sticker on the bike. I'm going to have my little ID card and I can uh, officiate weddings now. Uh, Never, I don't even know how the hell to officiate. I don't even know what you do, <laughs> but I'll do. Hey, when you and Anne want to renew your vows. Okay. Hell yeah, man. We'll do I'm that. a dude as priest. <laughs> 
Is that what this thing says? Certificate of or- ordination. You were like, we we can you can yeah okay there it is. Dude is priest. That's right. It's the religion of Judaism. <laughs> okay, so here's pretty much the tenets of Judaism. All I'm saying is I just joined the slowest growing religion in the world, which is Judaism. It's an ancient philosophy that preaches non-preachiness, practices as little as possible, <laughs> and above all, uh, uh, I lost my train of thought there. Anyway, if you'd like to find peace on earth and goodwill, man, we'll help you get started right after a little nap. <laughs> And, you know, when the nihilists come in and they find the dude in the bathtub, <laughs> right? I mean, it's like it's my rug, man. <laughs> we are nihilists. We believe in nothing. So, yeah, I mean, anyway, it's obviously it's all tongue in cheek. Yes. But the weird thing is, it is like an actual real religion that I could officiate weddings. That's the best part about it. The world is great. (laughs) All I'm saying is, man, I'm just bringing two people into matrimony and I'm just saying, hey, you want to go with a godless relationship and a godless ceremony and you want to just be just godless. I'm your man. (laughs) I'm all about godless and just go for it and just have the love of the love you are, you know? So does big, does the big Lebowski get any proceeds from this or what's going on with them? So in other words, are you saying, do the Coen brothers get anything from this? (laughs) Yeah. I, you know, that's a good question. (laughs) I, I don't know. I don't know how this comes about. However, when you look at, when you go through the website and you look at all of the various dudes of the world, Jesus is one of them, by the way. (laughs) He was the dude. He was a dude, and they go through all the various dudes in history, uh-huh. or dudettes. I mean, there are some dudettes as well. Okay, okay. And, I mean, it's not just about, you know, it's not a sausage fest, for crying out loud. <laughs> but, but I, you know, that's a great question. I don't know, like, how do they license, like, Jeff Bridges? Yeah, and it's not even, I mean, the, the dude, you know, like, Jeff Lebowski, like, it's yeah so it's hard it's hard and it's i guess just trying to see oh and you know i love that for jesus christ they use they use the dogma jesus christ winking and giving the thumbs up oh yeah 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 i feel like that jerry jerry garcia is definitely a dude julia child (laughs) yeah they have all of them man oh you found that yeah i found about it spicoli spicoli and jeff lebowski the only oh i guess snoopy maybe too the only uh uh fictitious people (laughs) snoopy i know (laughs) and then they have like lebowski quotes oh yeah no that's great are you gonna put this on are you gonna put this on the shark you're gonna put the fish the dudyism fix the dude (laughs) hell yeah flip-flops on a stickers i gotta use them wisely (laughs) one on the shark one on the bike the big i I mean on the car and one on the kegerator (laughs) you know i gotta put one on the i mean i got i got three i gotta use them wisely all right all right all right, man, let's get into trailers. We talked about enough bullshit and whatever it is with drive, self-driving cars and, and ordained ministers and me wedding people. I don't know, whatever that, you know, marrying people. You know, in my life, if I could do uh, a wedding for at least one couple, I mean, it's it's like a, it's like it'll be worth it. It's, it's I'll just check the box like, boom, done, <laughs> you know, like. So She-Hulk, attorney at law. (laughs) 
What in holy hell is this? It looks good, doesn't it? This looks terrible. <laughs> Are you serious this looks good? I think it looks good. I think it's tongue-in-cheek. I like the idea. Okay, tongue-in-cheek, yes. If you watch it from a tongue-in-cheek, like... And it's got Mark Ruffalo in it. The main thing, I mean, I think you said it is it's tongue-in-cheek, but it, it's... Tongue in cheek is a fifteen minute YouTube video. Do I need to watch a season of Tongue Tongue in Cheek? Yeah, you know. Uh, so I do. I don't know. Okay. But but let's say. Oh, you haven't even seen Moon Knight yet. Not yet. Tim's asking about it. He said, "Is it too scary for me?" I said, "I don't know. I haven't seen it yet. It's a little scary." I yeah. I yeah. So I would definitely start it up. See if you could watch it. You make the you make the call with the kids. And, uh, do you have stuff that that Tim can watch that Mikey can't watch? Uh, yeah. So right now, me and you are recording, and Tim asked me this morning. He said, "He said, Dad, it's Friday. Are we recording tonight?" I said, "Yeah, I'm recording tonight." He said, "He said yes." He gives like the fist pump. Yes. I said, "Why is that a big deal?" He said, "Because Fridays are me and Mom nights. Because yeah. Mike goes to bed about eight. Uh-huh. Although, no, I take that back. Tonight was about nine. Uh-huh. He goes to bed. Tim stays up till like you know ten, ten thirty. Wow. And they watch like some show, or they watch a movie, or they watch whatever. And it's you know it's like uh, it's a percentage point more mature than what Mike can see. Okay. So they watch like the Master Your Own Domain Seinfeld episodes and stuff like that. <laughs> no, we've watched all of the. Well, I should say all of, but we've watched many of the Seinfelds that have lots of sexual innuendo. And it just goes straight over the head. I don't know. <laughs> so we're sitting tonight and I'm doing show notes. And Clarissa asked Tim, like, because Tim said something about gay or something. And Clarissa said, do you know uh-huh. what that means? And he said, yeah, it means like two boys like each other. Uh-huh. She's like, oh, okay. And she said, I don't even know where it went, right. but she was talking to him and like he was totally on point with it. Yeah. So like he's he's a, I mean, he's a very smart kid right. and he's really on point with everything. And I, I think Mike is, too. I think Tim is more like, you know, he'll tell me, Dad, I don't know what's going on, but my testicle hurts. <laughs> oh, OK, kiddo. You know, and like we'll have a conversation about it. Right. Right. Where Mike is like super immature and bashful, like, right. you know, and. He does like he doesn't want to talk about things because like it just embarrasses him and right 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 where Tim's like this is embarrassing this is my body my body's important so I'm gonna talk about it if, if, damn you you know like and that's kind of where Matter Tim of fact, is with it. yes yeah like he just doesn't care so he's like really mature about it so then when he watches a show that has m- more mature I'm not saying mature content but more mature content he's just like more on point and he says like he doesn't like shy away from from it in a silly like ninth grader kind of a space ninth grader or like a middle a middle schooler ninth grader or like i'm just saying like a middle schooler okay you know, a middle schooler is good you know a freshman right or like right they're just so like you know giddy and immature that they that they just they make fun they, they laugh at everything even if you know sex ed and they're all like giggling you know yeah it's so the only reason i said ninth grade is that like <laughs> You work at a high school, right? I do. Yeah, I work at a high and, school. And I drive my daughter to her high school. I drive every... to a high school. <laughs> <laughs> right. But 
but I'm I'm at this high school and I see the kids there and I go to, you know, swim banquets and water polo banquets and I see these children. Yeah, but Audrey's like a woman. The ninth graders span the gamut. This is what I'm saying. Like some oh, ninth okay. graders are, some ninth graders are like the size of Bryce, you know, like and Bryce is five foot, you know, like he's not No, Bryce is he's bigger than five. I guess he's kind of big. Yeah, he's five. Yeah, I guess he's like five two, five three or something right now. So yeah, he's he's he growing. Okay. He's growing, but some 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 ninth graders are small, and then some ninth graders are like fully growth spurt, all done. You know, five ten. <laughs> I mean, right, and right, right. The, and then the boys are all like six feet tall, and it's just it's crazy. High school just feels like I forget that I'm like a grown up in my late forties. You know what I mean? Like I had to drop a note off at the school, and you walk in. And I guess just because I'm not there all the time, I just forget I'm an adult. <laughs> you know what I mean? When you're like visiting a high school, you just I, there's something broken in my head that makes me like. Yeah, no, I, I totally understand what you mean. They're adult bodies with child minds. Yes. And, you know, you see like, you know, there's football players. I mean, some of the football players, I mean, they're built like you. You know, and I'm just, and, and you know, here I am, you know, 165 pounds at best. I mean, typically I'm 160, uh-huh. 5'9", 160. So I'm like kind of svelte, you know, and, and you'll see like a lineman on the football team. <laughs> and it's like, you know, an 11th grader who's like 16 or 17 or something. And he's like 6'3", 240. And you're just like, how did, what? <laughs> like, I'm a 51 year old man. And you you're like you're you're just trouncing me in size right right you know or you see like girls and stuff and you know i mean they look like they're 28 you know and they got the makeup and the boobs and the whole and they're just <laughs> And I, I mean, you're just like, what is going on here? You know, right. it's like, this is just bizarre. You know, and, and I mean, the point I'm getting at is is exactly what you're saying. It's like, you know, you see these people that have, I mean, they're they're more or less like adults, uh-huh. but they have this, this maturity of, I mean, like. Adolescent maturity. It's the not the un- underdeveloped. I don't even think it's as high as adolescence. <laughs> The underdeveloped frontal lobe is what they keep. Oh, my God. It's so underdeveloped. (laughs) It's bizarre to like you have a conversation with some of these kids and there are some that are extremely. Wow. You are way more together. Like when I say developed, I mean, like cognitively developed. Right. Right. Your cognition is so far above and beyond like. This is scary shit, but man, so many are just immature and just it's ridiculous. And even like I would I would peg Audrey as an extremely mature young lady. But when I talk to her, sometimes she has just shining moments of 12. (laughs) No, she definitely she 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 kind of she revels in her her innocence. You know what I mean? And yeah, yeah. Like she's really bright. And I and I love it, too. Yeah. Her APness and all that stuff. She's just so like intelligent. Her what? Her APness. <laughs> she does not have a penis. She's an AP, right? Yeah. Yes, her APness. I get it. Yeah. But see, this is why I'm like a 12 year old myself. Exactly. So. And, and and I said that on purpose because as am I. Uh, I forget what we're talking about. She-Hulk. Yes. I think it's a... She-Hulk looks awful, though she has a crazy ass, which is why I said, Ted, you have a crazy ass. Oh, that's right. 
I don't even. We go on these tangents. It's like, no, what the but, hell? Okay, so this this started because of Moon Knight. I think so. You have yet to see Moon Knight, and I think right. Moon Knight has this gravity to it, and it, okay. half of it takes place in a psych ward, a psychiatric hospital. That's what you said. Yeah, half of it takes place in the sands of Egypt while they're being chased and mur- murder is happening at all places around around them. So I think there's a there's a weight to this. A Moon Knight chapter in the in the lexicon in the in the palette in the phase that Kevin Feige is painting, and then you have the cinematic universe where you have Doctor Strange, and Doctor Strange paints actually um, a campier version. I think I said this last week. You know, it's not as heavy as Moon Knight's heavier than Doctor Strange. Okay, but Doctor Strange has some horror elements to it, but more campy horror. Right. So I think. As you talk about the the schedule, and we've talked about this in the cinematic universe, that when you have heavy movies and when you have harder things happening, like Age of Ultron and and maybe Civil War, kind of heavier, you know, in the cinematic universe, they're heavy. Right. You right. need you need the Ant Man's, and you need you need these. Oh yeah, no, Ant Man's great. You need the, the, Thor, he's, he's the Thor Ragnarok, the comic relief. Yeah, the comic relief. I mean, even I think that's where Love and Thunder's coming in. Yep. Love and Thunder's coming in. Go back a couple episodes. We talked about that. I think, what, 193 maybe? I don't even know. Maybe. Very recently. Very recently. Um, But I think so. Like, Love and Thunder is going to be comic relief. And I think this. I think so. And I think this, too, She-Hulk, is also comic relief. Okay. Because we're going to be coming off of, you know, at least in the Marvel side, it's coming off of that. I got I got you. So you're talking not necessarily. So if you think about Star Wars. This is kind of meta watching. We're we're meta watching and we're kind of figuring out where this is fitting. No, but I think that's important though. So if you look at Star Wars and Star Wars has its heavy moments, yet the robots are kind of the comic relief within like a movie where what you're saying is the comic relief comes in cycles. So one movie's heavy, the next movie's less heavy. Right. And then now one series is heavy and the next series on the Marvel side is is not so heavy. Right. Okay. So, you know, in that regard, I might I might give it to you, but it still looks terrible. <laughs> You know, you know who they should have. They should have uh, Camille Vasquez. Have, have you seen Camille Vasquez? Now, who's Camille Vasquez? Camille Vasquez is the uh, extremely attractive uh, lawyer for Johnny Depp on the Johnny Depp Law Team. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And she is dismantling Amber Heard. Like today, yesterday, she's just been like taking her apart, taking 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 her to task for the lies. You know, and it's and it's 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 fun and amazing to watch. You know. My Br- Bryce is the one who's big into the Johnny Depp trial, but but I've been catching up on it this week, so I'm pretty pretty excited. Yeah, she is a good looking woman. Isn't she? <laughs> She's not Indian though. Uh, well, it's not a British court; it's a court in Virginia. So, <laughs> you know, I know the Johnny Depp thing. I've tried to avoid that as much as much as possible, but uh, you keep reeling me in. <laughs> All right, Brian and Charles. Yes. So uh, this trailer. You know, I mean, the way I kind of look at it, it, it's like Brian and Robin Williams. Okay. Does Charles remind you of Robin Williams in some degree? I don't know. Is Charles is Charles the man? Like Charles? No, Charles is the robot. Charles is the robot. Oh, oh, you're thinking of like Centennial Man, or I don't know, but he looks like he he just looks like or strikes me as Robin Williams. Hmm. 
Hmm. That's interesting. And then, you know, we have a, a trailer to the trailer. And I don't know if a movie like this needs a trailer to the trailer. I think let the trailer speak for itself. You don't need to hook me. Right. Yeah, I think the trailer to the trailer is like a waste of just, it, I don't know. Do, doing doing a disservice to the topic. A hundred percent. The type of person that would want to watch this is going to watch this. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, well, and, and not just that, though. I think, like, if you need to waste a few seconds to try and capture me to this, then, uh-huh. yeah, just like you said, I'm not your audience. Right, right. Not like Maverick Top Gun, which can always take a, uh, 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 you know, a fighter jet flying in your face and, you know, for two seconds before it shows you the trailer. Or what was the Tom Cruise uh, where the helicopter fuselage is rolling down? That's one of the best trailers of the trailers. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the Mission Impossible, right? Mission Impossible. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a great trailer trailer. That's one of the best trailers to the trailers. I mean, it's like <laughs> it's rolling down more memorable than any. Any part of the other trailer, the rest of the trailer. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And the blades just come at his face. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I mean, this looks like uh, yeah. I, the one, the one thing that uh, there, there's a, a card about. I don't know where it is. About thirty seconds in, and it says, uh-huh. you know, the funniest. Uh, what does it say? It says like the funniest film at Sundance, and it's like really, this is the funniest film. <laughs> It seems way too, I mean, I'm not, I get it, the dry British humor, I totally get it, but like, right. this seems more like the guy's inner self projecting out into a robot, and you know, I don't know how funny that is, it just seems like it's a guy trying to, to figure out like his inner demons, and he expresses them out into a robot. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it's, to me, it's the allegory of loneliness, right? Like... That's what I'm getting at. Yeah. So I don't know why that's funny. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't I don't know. It's like like you said, an allegory of loneliness to where the guy engages in this self-exploration of how he can identify with a world that's rejected him or something. Right. And to me, like there might be a humorous like a <laughs> you know, like a very light dry uncomfortable chuckle because he's lonely. I've once felt that too. I could sort of relate, but it's kind of like, man, this is like a sad movie. I think. Well, I mean, it it can definitely go in, in either direction. And I think it could be dark. I think it could be dark. And I think it can, I, I think you're going to root for this movie to redeem itself with this love interest. You know, it's very clear. The woman is there for him. (laughs) You know what I mean? Whenever he is ready to, to, you know, bite the bullet and, and to take the leap, she will be there for him. Yes. And it's just a question of whether he can shed childish things to do grown up things. You know what I mean? And and I don't mean that. And I don't mean that like, you know, sex, but I just mean that to be like, you know, this is the imaginary friend. And uh, and it's and it's it's that it's it's can you lift yourself up enough so that you can accept what the world is trying to give you and what the world of other people is trying to give yeah. you. So I have a feeling that, you know, you say something like that and you say it's the funniest movie at Sundance and then it's almost like it can't end in the way that she, you know, he looks at her and then moves on, you know what I mean? It goes back to to his his uh, dryer robot or washer washing machine robot. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I just felt like, the, you know, I felt like the sense I got from it was if this is the funniest thing at Sundance, then there's not a lot of funny stuff at Sundance. <laughs> so Overall, though, it looks really cute. I like the the premise of it. It's this guy's, like you said, an allegory of this guy's loneliness and how he creates a relationship of a bucket of bolts around his barn. And he tries a number of builds that all literally go up in flames. <laughs> I know. And I was watching the bicycle go up in flames. I was like no. half, half crying. <laughs> but yeah, it looks cute, man. It looks really nice. I think it's a it's a watch. Yeah, it's a watch. It's a watch. It's a wait. It's a wait and watch. Uh, definitely watching this on streaming. I, I don't even know. I was going to ask. Do you know where it's coming from? Only in theaters June 17th, you know. Yeah, but it'll it'll uh, be fo- it on, focus, on all the streamers Focus features. Some point. It'll be on uh, either Hulu or, or Disney Plus um focus features i guess and then is that what focus is on is or is it is it that platform or or those platforms there's relationships so it might end up on multiple platforms yeah um, but yeah i think that's it and and i have to say this is one that's oh that's given to us by Anne. Anne was very adamant about this one she liked this one a lot she saw it and i said did you watch this and she goes i don't just give you guys trailers that i don't watch <laughs> you know what i mean like she has some filter on her so she this this hit her in a specific you know, spot. She has a soft spot for these kind of movies and uh, she'll probably never hear this. So that's, that's fun to, to say into the universe. Like you, when it comes to streaming, I'm going to watch and you know, I mean, I'm not going to pay for it. I don't think, you know, I, what I mean by that is I'm not going to pay extra. You're not going to pay that first week while it's only in theaters at June 17th. The next week it'll be on you know, 20, bucks, rent, 20 on, bucks on. Yeah. yeah no, no, Amazon no, prime or whatever. Amazon. You know, I mean, and let's talk about that for a second. I mean, it's not that I'm not going to pay for it and such like, it's not something at the forefront that I have to see first and, and second, there are so many other things that I have to watch. And I mean, HBO Max is is filling that void for me. That It's a font. It's a font of exactly, material. Exactly. Oh, and while we're talking about that, I don't know if we want to switch to what we're watching, but the survey that we have on the website is is doing well we're getting some some uh some returns some what do you call it respondents or what do you call the people that fill out surveys yeah respondents responses uh participants you know like yeah survey filler outers we we have a long we have a long road to your your goal that you made for us at of 2500. 2, I'm still <laughs> looking at my goal for 100. That would be lovely. Okay. Um but but I but I am I am I do think that this the streaming space is going to tighten in the coming months and years in a way that we don't we can't even fathom right now. What we're talking about is go to trailerjunkiespodcast.com and at the top of the website you're going to see a scroll or well I guess it's right under the title header right under the right under the right under the header the menu header thing yeah the menu header you're gonna see a scroll so click on that and that's gonna take you to ted's survey his air table and (laughs) it is going to have i don't know what is it about 15 20 questions 20 20 questions yeah let's say 20 questions 20 questions about your streaming habits 
And, you know, my opinion, Ted, just make it anonymous. You don't need to have people's names and such. I, I took out. So the name. OK, you changed it this week. I name I took off the email. You don't have to put your email in there anymore. OK, I put the name. You can put a fake name. You know, it doesn't have to be a person. You know, it could, as long as you're a person, I don't want bot. I don't chip doodly. I don't want bots in there. Come on. It's not. Twi- no, that's it's not true, Twitter. Though. It's not Twitter. I don't want bots. <laughs> So what you're saying is Elon ought to buy Trailer Junkies <laughs> podcast as an IP, and then he can make uh, free speech out of us. He can buy that for less than his penalty for not buying Twitter. The penalty for not buying Twitter is a billion dollars. He can buy Trailer Junkies podcast for five million, and that's that. You know, I'm sorry, I should have talked to you first. How much do you think? <laughs> I was going to say five million. Are you cut? <laughs> wait a minute. What, what? What do I get out of this? No, I. Oh, 10 million. Sorry. Five million each. OK, uh, I, I could go with that. I mean, I'll sacrifice. I'll sacrifice. <laughs> you know, you'll live on Campbell's soup or something. Yeah. For five million. <laughs> I mean, 50, 50. I hope it's a 50. 50. Oh, yeah. You you probably deserve 60. You know, six, six million. <laughs> I'll take four. Don't tell Ann. We got eight million, baby. Don't worry. That's it. No, so right before we get to what we're watching, I do have a gripe about Netflix. Okay, let's do it. They laid off they laid off a lot of people this week. So just so pour out a little bit for them. Yeah, so I think Netflix is running scared. They are. So for quite some time, what Netflix has been doing is you want to watch something and it's like any other service. Mm-hmm. You see the show you want, you click the show, and then within that click shows the menu of that particular show and then you hit like play or whatever it is. Right. What Netflix has done, and like I said, this has been for a while, maybe a year more. Yeah. But you click the show you want to watch, the series or movie or whatever, and it pauses for a few seconds and then it rolls in and like starts playing the movie or or the tv series does it do it from does it do it from a cold start or is that only if you've watched part of it from a cold start right so that's what i'm saying like boys go set up the movie okay we'll set it up they get in there they click it and it starts playing yeah so then oh oh pause it Right. I yell across the room. (laughs) Tim gets the control. He pauses it. It's paused for 10 seconds. Netflix is like, we don't want you walking away. No, you're not turning us off. (laughs) 10 seconds goes past. It starts playing again. Oh, my God. I'm like, Tim, I said pause it. He's like, I did. (laughs) I said, "Okay, we'll pause it again. Then he pauses it again. About 15 seconds later, it starts playing again. By the third pause, it paused. Mm-hmm. I was thinking to myself, damn, man, Netflix is like, they're afraid we're going to pause and not come back. Who knows? Who knows what Netflix is scared of? They're, you know, I, I so they fired a lot of people that I think, you know, I feel, I feel for the individuals, I feel for them. But as a corporation, I understand that ideology in, in these lean times when you're when the whole market when the whole market craps out the way that it kept craps out, you're gonna need to trim fat everywhere, right? Take twenty percent and doesn't matter. Everybody needs to, every department needs to lose twenty percent. Every department needs to lose two people, four people, whatever. And sure, that's not great, but it's the way to kind of do things. What I thought of it too though was they must have data of people pausing and never coming back. Mm. And they're just like, oh, hell no. We're not going to let you not come back. We're going to like <laughs> we're going to when, when you hit pause, 
we're going to start it up again a few seconds later. Like, screw your bathroom break. <laughs> screw your pop, your bag of popcorn in the microwave. Like, we're not going to let you go away. We're going to keep hitting. We're going to keep hitting play on this sucker until like you force us out or something, you know? And right. I think because we do this, possibly I'm a little bit more sensitized to it. Mm-hmm. But I was just thinking to myself, like, wow, man, you guys are like really trying hard, you know, yeah, no. <laughs> to, to make me not go away. To, to like, oh, we're here. We're here. It's like, yeah, it's it's the uh, what? it's kind of like that. The second child. I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> don't let. Yeah, I have one of those. As yes, do you. Yes. Right. And they are both like kindred spirits. <laughs> but with that said, though, jumping into what we're watching. Yes. So one of the things we're watching is the G word. OK. So we talked about Adam ruins everything with Adam Conover. He's a stand up comedian guy. Right. Right. And the G word is with Adam. I think it's called the G word with Adam Con- Conover. And it's like uh, an updated show of Adam ruins everything, essentially. But it's about the government. Oh, OK. And and it's produced by the Obama's production company, mm, okay. which is Higher Grounds per, uh, Productions. So the the funny thing about it, though, is he does this series on the the United States federal government, and it's produced by the Obama uh, administration. I mean, let me rephrase that by Barack and Michelle Obama, okay. not the administration, but. No, I'm just joking. But, <laughs> but he he nibs that he, he nips that in the bud right in the beginning because he's like, people are gonna think because you're a producer that you're pro-government, it's all this stuff. And they talk about like and and it and it they frame it within Obama doing his own taxes. Uh-huh. The beginning's okay. actually very good. This is on the list. This is we're getting this on the list. Oh no, it's great. We we watched three episodes. It's six episodes. We watched three so far. And it's uh, you know, I think it's an all-around good perspective of how the federal government works, the US federal government. And it's produced by uh, Obama's production company. So, uh, Higher Grounds Production, but um, you know, we didn't watch a whole lot this week sadly because Clarissa was burning the midnight oil. Uh-oh. Um, maybe not midnight, but the 8 o'clock oil. I mean, she was working some long hours this week. Okay. And by the time she gets home and all this stuff and dinner and stuff, we're just like, screw it, man. We're done. Let's just chill. We had a, you know, we, we, we had a few bottles of wine this week. Okay, that's good. That's good. Yeah. Stressful week. So sadly, COVID's ramping its ass back up. Oh, that's right. She's back into testing. Oh, God. She's back to weekly testing. And and she does and she does the deep nasal testing at work, right? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I had I had a few of those. Oh, it sucks. Yeah. But yeah, so now when you're looking at admissions and all this stuff, people are like opting to not go to her facility because they're now limiting visitors and it's just it's just getting ugly. So she put in a lot of hours this week partly because of that. And uh, so, yeah, sadly, we didn't watch a lot, but but the G word with Adam Conover, it's definitely going on the list for me. Oh, it's great. And the the second thing we watched was we did have time one night. She did get home early and Mike built his own drum kit (laughs) and he's been drumming all week. So I said, Mike, do you want to watch a drumming documentary? And he was like, oh, yeah. So we did another screening of. Count me in. You've seen that. Oh, 
We love that. Yeah, you told me about it. I watched it. Yeah. We discussed it. It's ama- it's amazing. Yeah, so we did another screening of that and he is just like he's like drummer through and through and I said, "If you can lay down a beat, I'm going to get you a drum kit." So he works it for like a little bit. Next thing he's all like He starts laying down some beat, right? I'm like Okay. You know, I said, I don't know when, but we will. Well, I bought it today. Oh, good. Oh, you did? Yeah. Yeah. So I looked at the local. You got it from eBay, eBay or which one you do? Oh, it's like a, it's a five piece. I got it on eBay. Okay. So it's a five piece Donner set with a little like hi hat that goes, you know, that thing. And then yeah. the cymbals. And I looked at our local music store, but they had a couple of, of used drum kits, which thousand dollars. <laughs> one was fifteen hundred. Yeah. <laughs> one was one hundred twenty five bucks. Really? And I'm like, oh, hell yeah. You know, and I, t- I was like, we're going to go get it. But it was an adult drum kit. Oh, OK. And when you look at the size of the drums, when you look at the distance he had to reach and stuff, there's no way he would be able to play this thing. Right. You know, because it's, it was it would it's just too big for his little body, you know, and <laughs> he's the size of like the bass drum <laughs> or the kick drum, whatever you want to call it. But I still I still think I should get Bryce one, too. Now, now that you've done it, maybe this is this is the impetus, because two and a half years ago we were up in Santa Barbara and we 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 called in Wheezy, you know, our our podcast friend and uh, she's a drummer and she had a drum kit in her house and she put Bryce on the drums and he and like you said like th- that carrying a beat is a is a a genetic it's not a, it's it's an ingrown it's, I don't know what the word is he just lays down a beat like all of a sudden it's like because she told him what to hit and how to do it. And and then she kind of gave him the count. In yeah, yeah, count. yeah. She literally counted him in and he was doing it. And I was like, oh, that's that's something natural that's going on there. So <laughs> Yeah, no, absolutely. And I was like, Mike, if you could lay down a beat, we'll get you a drum kit. And he's all like, and I'm just like. Damn. Okay. <laughs> I guess we're going to have to get you a drum kit, you know? And, and I mean, he does a lot of like the random, I'm just going to bang it as loud as I can stuff. Cause he's seven, you know? Right, 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 right. But when you, when, when you focus him and you're like, no, just do this. Boom, boom, ch- boom, boom. Ch- okay. Yeah. Let's speed it up a little bit. <laughs> and he's there. He's just like, you know, it's just like, wow. Okay. What, what's the, what's the one drummer that they, that they talk about it's either Ringo or the Rolling Stones drummer where they feel it feels like or maybe maybe it's Bonham where it feels like he's ramping up or it might be Moon who I think I'll... <laughs> well Keith Moon was the 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 crazy dude right right yeah but isn't there one where it feels like he's he's ramping up but he's actually keeping the beat like you know, oh, oh, yeah, that was uh, um, uh, Rolling Stones. That was um, Ringa, Ringa. Oh, no, um, shit. Uh, Woods, Woods, Char- Char- Charlie uh, Watts, Char- Charlie Woods, Wood. Watts, Watts, no, Charlie Watts. Watts yeah. yeah, no, that was Charlie Watts, like honky tonk woman, right? Right, and like they start at like a cadence of like a hundred. And then by the end of the song, he's like at 130 or something. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was awesome. And it's just like slowly grows the speed, you know? And yeah, I mean. And just think he's done that in concert. Like he's had to do that on tour 
for decades and he just does it (laughs) well and like Stuart copeland you know and oh yeah oh i mean like there are just so many iconic drummers in that thing and and i think the best story though is the woman who and all i can say is you know allegedly tommy lee was at rehab you know like rehab or something oh he was no he he was sick (laughs) well that's exactly right (laughs) that's what they that's the (laughs) allegedly and this woman goes on tour with him for six months and people were just like how on earth does motley Crue have a woman drummer this is like blaspheme and like she wins the crowd over and stuff i mean and the one the the amateur drummer that they had you know she was like just uh let's just me me and my buddies are and she was a young woman i mean she was probably like when the when the documentary was made i don't know what is she 25 28 you know she's like just a young a young one yeah yeah i mean but she was legit though man i mean she could drum and she goes to like dr drummer or whatever the heck the place was and picks out her <laughs> oh to buy to buy her drums kit yeah or, or well i think she rented it or whatever right 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 Put it, to put it together yeah. yeah and she's like i just want a big sound and the guy puts this drum kit together and stuff and then they had the santana uh santana's wife i guess right okay you know and i mean oh it, the drummers in that thing was just and then of course it's a great it's a great dog oh, it's a great if, if you're into music and especially drumming like it was it was fantastic. One of my favorite musical documentaries. One of my favorite documentaries really, but it was it was good. Right. And there were a few F bombs right. throughout. Um nothing overly vulgar and stuff. Just right. a few well placed F bombs. For my seven year old, I didn't mind too much because of how they used it. It wasn't gratuitous. Right. And well placed. <laughs> they were well placed and it's kinda like you know, if if as a seven or eight year old you used an f bomb like that, but like it was the only time you used it, it was it's like you know it makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> How about you? What are you watching? All right, so I got a little technical. Oh God, he has a list. I have a list, and it's actually more than a list. I'm gonna actually this is the first for Trailer Jenkins podcast, but I'm gonna share my I'm, oh boy. I'm gonna share my screen with you. Holy cow! So I all in one week. <laughs> so I wanted to talk to you about like how how people can watch like 80 hours in a week so wait am i looking at an air table you're looking at an air table my friend you're looking at the first pang- pangolin rc air table right so our persona discoveries over there that's what we're getting the survey on how are you logging this so i log this every time i watch something i go in and i log it all right can i can i say something though yeah please tell me so i see viewing audience and Ted Audrey Bryce, Ted, 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 and Ted, you know, yes, right. You can see the cadence, so we can see how it's how it's laying out. Do do any of the other three watch by themselves? So they do. Okay, why why aren't they there? And you can see down on line seventeen, Anne and Audrey watch Greatest Great British Bake Off uh, episode four. Oh, I see it there, and Anne and Bryce watched uh, Captain America: First Avenger. Correct. Correct. So okay. these are the ones that I've touched on. So this is only for my uh, viewing. Okay. Because I told I told my family, I said, hey, so for this week, we're going to log what we watch. And they laughed at me. <laughs> and they said, no, we're not. <laughs> we're not going to log what we watch. That's ridiculous. Why would you log what you watch? You know? That's a good focus group, though. I like this. But, but this is what we're doing. So this is what I'm doing. 
and and here's so this is the thing that I that I've keyed on uh, this days old. So wait, f of x is days old. F of x it just means it's a function table function column. No, I get that. And then days old it takes the the date and time watched. Okay. And the difference between the days from the premiere of the show. Okay. So so the show premiered on a date and then. You watch it on a date, and it takes the difference between those two dates, and it says, so this is a factor of how important this is for you to watch. So if it has a zero, the lower the number, the more important it is for you as a viewer. Okay, so where I see 230, that means 230 days ago, it so like 3,952. <laughs> That's that's Captain America was right, <laughs> so right, right. Captain America's many, many years ago, <laughs> and they watched it. Right. So if I divide that by three hundred sixty-five, that's how many years ago that came out. Right. And this two hundred, okay. the two hundred thirty, because we're watching last year's Great British Great British Bake Off show. That it's a year, but basically every night we're watching a couple of episodes. So you kind of see how this is going. So why is the age of the uh, of the viewing important? Well, I figured that is the that is the litmus test on how important something is to you. Okay, so what you're saying is the older the show, the more important? No, no, no. The 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 lower the number. Like Barry. Barry I watch on Sunday because I watch Barry the day it comes out. So it's always going to be a zero. Yeah, but let me say this though. So let's say last week we covered uh, House of the Dragon. Right. And I, I made the comment that me and Clarissa will watch, or maybe you made the comment, I don't remember which, but we'll watch the whole series of Game of Thrones before watching this. So let's say you do that and you're looking at 2011 or 10 when the first series, the first season came out. Mm -hmm. Again, you're going to have like 40,000. I don't even know what the, how, whatever that would look like. Yeah. Right, 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 right. No, I mean it's only it's only one facet of the factoring into that. Yeah, because what I'm saying is it doesn't. It, it might look like this isn't very important to me because it's so old. However, it's extremely important to me because it's my fifth viewing of it. Right, and I'm doing it to get me caught up to this new se season that's coming out. Yeah, and and like Anne and Audrey, I mean. Anne and Audrey, they watched The Great British Bake Off a season at a time, and they, they've finally caught up to 2021. So this is the 2021 season 12. Uh, Netflix calls it collection number nine. Okay. <laughs> um, but it's season 12 of uh, The Great British Bake Off. So it's last year. So it's 230, day, 230 days ago. But it was released weekly. But we watched two episodes every day for like a week, and we get through it. You know what I mean? So there's a... You know, it's not a pure, it's not just saying like a low, so a low number is definitely going to be important to the viewer. Sure. A high number, a high number, you have to kind of dig into the why a little more. Yeah, no, I get that now that you say that. So just to to do my due diligence and tell you what I've been watching, Operation Mincemeat, amazing movie. Okay, well, that's on Netflix. Netflix, well, you can see right here, the whole family watched it. We loved it. We watched it at 9 o'clock in the morning on a Saturday. <laughs> oh, no, on a Sunday. So is it appropriate for kids or, or no? Um, It's a war movie, so it has war motifs. It has a bit of a love story in it, but there's no sex in it. Okay. I don't know they would hold um, seven-year-olds' attention 
You know what I mean? It ha- the, 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 the nuances of this movie, it's directed by Madden, who directed Shakespeare in Love. So he knows how to tell stories, but it's an adult story. You know what I mean? So it won't it's it won't offend a sub 10 year old, but it won't hold the sub 10 year old either. You know, OK, but it is a great movie and it is a great story of duty and military and Britain and Britain, you know what I mean? Like that. And then lost the lost city. Just how did we, how did I miss this? This Sandra Bullock, uh, Channing Tatum, awesome movie. A lot of butt jokes, a lot of, you know, is it a comedy masturbation jokes kind of thing? You know what I mean? So there sounds like a comedy. <laughs> it's total comedy, but, oh, okay. but it's great. And it's a great kind of, um, you know, it's a bit of, do you remember Romancing the Stone? Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, this is just a, an homage to Romancing the Stone, uh, Jewel, and what does it do? There's a Jewel, the, the sequel. I mean, this needs a sequel. Jewel of the Nile. Is it Jewel of the Nile? Maybe. I don't know. So Ted, I want to ask though, like, this is more about your air table. <laughs> okay, back to the air table, yes. <laughs> So you have, like, if you look at line seven, line eight, yes. line nine, ten, uh-huh. stuff, I mean, you have a very specific way that you're recording all this stuff. Yes. That you're, that you're documenting it. Right. If you go across and you look at, I mean, the date, the time, the streaming service, I mean, are you right. manually logging all this stuff? Or are you, uh, is there some sort of a algorithm that you're connecting to Netflix or any of this stuff? Like, how is this? All, all automation has to start manually somewhere. <laughs> you know what I mean? You have to kind of... The the same way when the car drives itself, you had you know hundreds of years of people driving cars before. But I mean, <laughs> you know what I mean? If I like the offer, like all these lines, I've, are you putting all that in manually? Yeah, I'm building this database. I'm building this database so that you know, and and the fact that you said wow, the, the fact that you said you're gonna watch that House of Dragons, like I'm like all right, like monthly price. Yeah. So this is so this is the streamer breakdown and where we have Netflix Basic 9.99, Netflix Standard 15.49, Netflix Premium 19.99. So basically if we were to take the Persona Discovery and when people say that they have Netflix, you know, maybe the next, you know, if I dig deeper to the the, the people that I give the 20 bucks to and I have a follow-up phone call with them, um, we figure out which Netflix they have, what they're spending a month on streaming services. Now, premium is like Netflix premium at 20 bucks. Is that for 4K? Uh, 4K, five streaming, uh, four, four streaming, four number. Wow, you have a link to it. Look at that. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, because this, this data changes from time to time. So it's always good to keep a link to the reference where you get the reference so you can go back and, and do this stuff. I've, you know, I've built a couple air tables in my day, so I know how to make it useful useful moving forward <laughs> uh but air table talk with ted but but you know back to the log um so barry a zero day watch where on sunday or saturday night at midnight i watched the bear new barry episode man this is incredible and it is yeah so i, I guess i didn't watch it i watched it sunday night um but it came out on Sunday. And then Kids in the Hall. I watched, I, I this, so this I binged. I binged the Kids in the Hall during a work day. Looks like it. I'd, I'd spent the whole work day. I went at midnight and right after midnight, I watched the first Kids in the Hall episode. So season six, look at that. Se- season six, episode one in the, you know. When was season five last? Uh, let's see. So 
Like 94 or something? So we also I have, don't know. look at this, we have open Wikipedia or open IMDb. Let's open Wikipedia. I see that. I see that. I've, yeah. So we can do the other seasons. Season four and season five. Season five was 94, 95. I thought so. Yeah, it was like 90s. You you did it on the nose. You did it on the nose. And then wow. this is season six, Kids in the Hall season six. Wow, it took him so long. <laughs> uh, but I binged this whole thing. Man, that they have a lot of they have a lot of uh, uh, full frontal nudity in this one. The, like Amazon just let them go crazy. It was ridiculous. Like, way, I might have to watch way, way too much penis in this show. Oh, I'm not watching. <laughs> they have so here. Here's the here's the setup on the on the one thing on the scenario. The two the two uh, bank robbers they get in their getaway car and they're listening to the scanner and on the scanner <laughs> they say two guys in this type of car right <laughs> and the two robbers look at each other and the guy and the dri- driver says well those are clothed bank robbers if we are naked then they will won't suspect it's us right so the cops you know get the description of the car they go over to the car and they and they hold their their guns out and they're like step out of the car. And they step out fully naked, penises flaccid, <laughs> hands up in the air. That's terrible. <laughs> and, and, and the rob and the cops say, "Jump up and down!" <laughs> and they jump up and down with their penises flapping, all flaccid. That's, that's terrible. <laughs> and they're like, "These aren't the guys. We have clothes. <laughs> we were looking for a couple of clothes." Bank it robbers. worked. It worked. <laughs> and so they go back in the car and they like try to start to get dressed. He's like, "No, you can't get dressed. They're gonna recognize us." <laughs> so there's that, and then there's a few other scenes where it's the last glory hole in existence, and there's a lot of oh, some stuff. God. There. But anyway, so I I watch this during the day where I'm like building my own air tables and doing not with your kids. This is not a kid friendly show for sure. <laughs> And I like notes stopped halfway through. <laughs> stopped halfway through because I was just had enough. And then I watched old the movie, the M. Night Shyamalan movie. And guess what? It has a twist in it, guys. It has a twist. It's M. Night Shyamalan movie with a twist. No, don't so, say. So yes, it had a twist, um, but it was good. It wasn't great. Halo, the offer. <laughs> Halo, the offer. The offer, man. Yeah, the dropout. You got to watch the offer. Yeah, we haven't gotten there yet. Yeah, when when you get back, when she doesn't have so much work to do. And then uh, I started the dropout again tonight, and Audrey was super upset. She wants to watch the dropout with me, so I have to pause on that. Yeah, yeah. But un- Under the Banner of Heaven. Under the Banner of Heaven, man, Andrew Garfield. I have a crush on Andrew Garfield. He is an amazing actor. He makes mistakes in character. And he just rolls with it. He, flub, you know, he flubbed a line, and and I couldn't tell whether it was a flubbed line or whether it was something he was supposed to do because his character flubbed the line. You know what I mean? And it was like, oh, right, right. It was so well played off with in character that it doesn't matter. How would you know that he flubbed the line though? Because he called a woman a miss when you're if you're in the Amish community, the Amish community, if you're in the. Uh, what are they called? I don't know. You tell me. The Utah. What's the Utah? Oh, Mormons. When you're in the when you're in the Mormon community, you call them sisters. Oh, okay. Sister so and so, sister so and so, brother so and so. So you you keep it familial. And he called her Miss, and then he like flubbed it, and he was like, I mean, sister so and so, you know. Oh, I see. I see. And and he just he does it in this way that makes it feel so effortless and like not a mistake. Like the mistake comforts you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah that this is actually the way people are talking. So 
I don't know. He's a great actor. Um, yeah, Halo is just kind of it's it's trainer fodder. It's basically what I watch on the treadmill. So yeah, I got you. <clears throat> that's that's that. Cool. So yes, I am logging my shows and incredible, and the, incredible. and the family is laughing at me as I do it. So. <laughs> So, okay, you watch uh, 516-2022, Kids in the Hall, Season 6, Episode 4, like 11 a.m., you know, like how long does it take you to log that? Um, not that long because uh, the only thing I have to log, hold on, let's see one second. Here. Like there's got to be some automation. Otherwise, if you're doing this whole yeah, thing yeah, yeah. manual, I mean, like that's just like a labor of love at some point. When you add this show link... So let's say baking show number one. Okay. So baking show number one, it kind of, it auto populates a bunch of stuff. All I have to do is do that, this, and then this. Oh, I, yeah. And then it'll calculate the rest because, because I've pre-populated it. Right. I got you. Okay. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So as long as the show, so like if you were, if you were to do the, the shows that you and I overlap, if you were to do this, you would just have to log. You just have to log three different three columns. Now, are you doing this by a week on a weekly basis, or how? how, how? It's been it's been rolling. So since the fifteenth, I've done everything that I've watched. Okay, so that's not even a week. So what happens? I mean, is it is this going to keep? I'm just going to keep growing. Going I'm just going to keep or? growing it. Okay. And then I and so like right now, since the fifteenth, I've watched twenty five, twenty four and a half hours of of programming. I don't know. I don't know if I want to know all this information about me. <laughs> Yeah, it's a good it's a question you know do you want to know or do you not want to know um yeah. but but it's to me this is interesting and then the thing that i showed you this afternoon did you see the thing i showed you this afternoon did you see the email yeah yeah so the email says like if you're in the middle of watching a show and because the shows have their release dates in the future like before the 26th so the next the next episode of the offer comes on the 26th so a couple of days before the 26th on Tuesday, it'll send you an email and it says on Thursday of this week. Don't forget to watch. Don't forget to watch the offer. Oh, bots are everywhere. And not only that, it's going to give you the link. Oh, so it gives you the link. And the so I should text you every time I watch something so you could do my database. <laughs> or I just give you a, I give you like a all I need to give you is like a three le, a three field uh, form. That just has the three fields, and then every time you lo- every time you watch something, you just pick the show, and then t- say, you know, well, it'll it'll have the time that you watched. Yeah, like it would be who's watching, who's watching. That's the, that's the big thing for you. Who's watching? Is it you and Clarissa, or you and the whole family? Yeah, like the G word, five thirty in the morning, me and Clarissa. And see, and to me, this is this is and this is where the dynamic part really helps because I show this to Audrey. And Audrey is kind of like my sounding board. She she really wants to be in the startup, you know. Uh, and she said, "How can you tell what your friends are watching?" And I said, "That's the whole point. I think like you and I talk about it all the time. So we're, I'm going to go watch a G word, and I'm going to have Anne involved in it. You know what I mean?" But if there's a passive way for me to see what you're watching and then to see what you're like continuing to watch, you know, like, oh, you're really locked into this G word. Well, I think that's where it goes to what I said about Netflix when it comes to how they pause and then how they don't pause. Right. They probably collected data to know that people pause and don't come back. Like, I mean, you said that before Uh where you stopped it after like a minute. Right. And so it's your fault that I can't just pause it. (laughs) 
Yeah, I'm the one person that does that. Right? The one. You're the one. <laughs> see? But but I'm saying, like, I think I think there's a way, like, you, you see something like this and you're like, oh, Ted liked the kids in the hall. Maybe I'll give it a shot. You know what I mean? Like, if yeah. somebody binges yeah. a whole season of something in a day and he's your friend, maybe it's a point of something you could talk to them about. You know what I mean? No, like, I got you. I got you. So I think, I think there's a way for the, for this to, you know, exponentially build on itself. But yeah, cool. All right. Well, I guess on that note, why don't we get out of here? But before we do, how did your beer finish? My beer finished wonderful. So it warmed it warmed nicely from how cold it was. It warmed nicely. About halfway through it was at the proper temperature and then man, I don't I don't typically like warm beers, but I'm going to, you know, I'm going to go turn down the fridge, I think. I think the kids turned it up to put their milk in there. How'd your how's your how'd yours finish? No, it was good. I mean, it's gone now, but I mean, it was uh, overall. I mean, yeah, it's like I mean, you said it's a famous beer. Yeah, the Samuel Smith, and it's just a porter and five percent. It wasn't a huge beer, but uh-huh. the bottle's big enough. I think that makes up for the lower ABV. Right, and uh, I think it started off a bit sharp, uh-huh. uh, not so great, and I think as it warmed, it definitely smoothed and got better. Yeah. So, yeah. Overall good. I'd be interested. The, the Brits are really good with the porters. I think that's my favorite British Porters beer. and stouts, yeah. For sure. Ales, just in general. But, yeah. Yeah. So. Cool. Alright, Ted. Well, we will catch you next week, and uh, until then, enjoy your air tables. <laughs> Thank you. You too. Bye. Next week, join Jim and Ted as they disarm another Hollywood bomb or marketing masterpiece. Remember, the holy trinity of podcasting. Subscribe, like, share. Special thanks to Jeremy Kent Jackson for the voiceover and Rogelio for the music.